a positive development for President Trump and all freedom-loving Americans in his lawsuit against Biden's DOJ and FBI. That's coming up. Plus, it's audio overload on Soundbite Tuesday on this edition of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. Welcome to the Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We're the show that pushes back against the Uniparty and lets you in on the news that traditional talk radio is all too often afraid to talk about. This is episode 232 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It's Tuesday, September 6th, 2022. Just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. More evidence comes out all the time that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. Also, I'll never call Joe Biden president because it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. I will never pretend a man can become a woman, and I will never forget about the January 6th political prisoners most Republican politicians refuse to even mention. And August 8th, 2022, the day the Biden regime's secret police conducted an unprecedented and unconstitutional raid on the home of a former president of the United States is a day that shall live in infamy. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburn.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. Also, please remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. Okay, before we get to our audio overload on Soundbite Tuesday, let me start the show with good legal news for President Trump. First of all, former Attorney General William Barr poo-pooed the idea of the court approving a special master to oversee the investigation of the documents the feds stole from Trump. So let's check out and hear exactly what he said on Fox News just this last Friday. I think the, the whole idea of a special master is a bit of a red herring. Uh, the only documents that have been taken, it seems to me, that there's a legitimate uh, concern about keeping away from the government and insulating the government from would be documents relating to his private lawyer communications, him as an individual and his outside lawyers. If there's stuff like that, fine, identify it. it there doesn't appear to be much of it. I'm not sure you need a special master to identify it, but what people are missing is that all the other documents taken, even if they claim to be executive privilege, either belong to the government because they're government records, even if they're classified, even if they're uh, subject to executive privilege, they still belong to the government and go to the archives. And any other documents that were seized, like news clippings and other things that were in the boxes containing the classified uh, information, those were seizable under the warrant because they show the conditions under which the classified information was being held. So I think it's a red herring. Uh, I think it would, you know, at this stage, since they've already gone through the documents, I think it's a waste of time. Oh, you do, do you, Bill? Well, let's, uh, let's talk about that. First of all, I think it's a lot of wishful thinking. Now, if you haven't heard my interview yet with former counsel for judicial nominations for the Senate Judiciary Committee, also former law clerk for Justice Gorsuch, Mike Davis, you need to. He is adamant on how Trump has Biden's DOJ dead to rights 
Trump had the perfect legal authority to declassify anything he wanted to, had the perfect legal authority to keep copies of whatever he declassified, and now Biden's DOJ and FBI have no legal authority to try to bring a crime of obstruction of non-crimes. So if you haven't yet heard my interview with Mike Davis, that's episode 225. You need to check that out, 225. William Barr um, is not as clever as he thinks he is, and he's engaging in a lot of uh, wishful thinking there. Mike Davis gets down to the facts. Also, my interview with former Assistant U.S. Attorney General under President Trump, Jeff Clark, in which Brother Clark goes into great detail about how outrageous the raid on Mar-a-Lago was. Now, remember, the feds raided Jeff Clark's home six and a half weeks earlier, made him stand outside in his underwear, wouldn't even let him put his pants on 7 o'clock in the morning so CNN could get a picture of the guy in his underwear. Outrageous. That's episode 220. Between the two episodes... You get the idea that not only is the FBI out of control, the DOJ is out of control. So be sure you check out episodes 220 and 225, if you haven't already, of the Doc Washburn Show for these great interviews, Jeff Clark and Mike Davis, respectively. Okay, now let's check out Deborah Hine over at American Greatness for the details in the judge saying yes to President Trump's legal team. Article entitled, Federal Judge Grants Trump's Request for a Special Master to Review Seized Documents. A federal judge in Florida on Monday, Labor Day, granted former President Donald Trump's motion to have a special master review the documents that were seized during the FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago, throwing a wrench into the Department of Justice's investigation into Joe Biden's chief political opponent. Judge Eileen Cannon ruled that a special master may be appointed to review the seized property for personal items and documents and potentially privileged material subject to claims of attorney, client, and or executive privilege, according to the U.K. Daily Mail. Judge Cannon wrote, Upon full consideration of the party's arguments and the exceptional circumstances presented, the court deems the exercise of equitable jurisdiction over this action to be warranted. Judge Cannon reportedly enjoined the Justice Department from reviewing and using the seized materials pending the completion of the special master's review. The judge also told lawyers from both sides, again, according to the UK Daily Mail, to confer and submit a list of possible special master candidates as well as a schedule for review and compensation. I think they ought to get Jeff Clark or Mike Davis. That's that's who I would uh, recommend. Maybe Cash Patel. Trump's team made its initial demand in a filing in federal court in Florida late last month, 
after Judge Bruce Reinhardt ordered that a redacted version of the Mar-a-Lago search warrant affidavit be unsealed. In a court filing opposing the appointment of a special master, the Biden DOJ alleged last week that former President Trump and his staff concealed and moved classified materials in violation of a grand jury subpoena and that the Department of Justice had no choice but to search the entire premises. The filing included a now viral photo showing allegedly top-secret documents strewn all over the floor. The DOJ argued in the filing that Trump's attempt to get back documents, quote, owned by the U.S. government, unquote, was like a drug dealer pleading guilty to dealing cocaine and then seeking the return of $140,000 seized during a raid. Judge Cannon slapped down the DOJ's flawed analogy, writing, Plaintiff has not pled guilty to any crimes. The government has not clearly explained how plaintiff's hands are unclean with respect to the personal materials seized. And in any event, this is not a situation in which there is no room to doubt the immediately apparent incriminating nature of the seized material, as in the case of the sale of cocaine. I like this judge already. The judge postponed ruling on Trump's request for return of property taken during the raid, noting that Trump may not be entitled to return of much of the seized property or to prevail on his anticipated claims of privilege. Judge Cannon wrote, that inquiry remains for another day. Now, the FBI reportedly seized 33 boxes with over 100 supposedly classified records during the raid, although Trump and his team say he declassified everything before he moved the documents and or boxes out of the White House. The feds rifled through the living quarters of both Trump's wife, Melania, and his 16-year-old son, Barron, during the August 8th raid, enraging the former president. Trump wrote on his Truth Social social networking platform Monday, despite proven high crimes and treason and just plain common theft, all pointed out in the laptop from hell and elsewhere, they never raided or broke into the house of Hunter Biden or perhaps even more importantly, the house of Joe Biden, a treasure trove. This is a country that's unfair and broken. We are truly a nation in decline. Judge Cannon, who was appointed by Trump in 2020, agreed with the Biden DOJ that there had been no callous disregard for plaintiffs' constitutional rights in the search, which came after months of back and forth with Trump's lawyers and following a subpoena for other documents. Judge Cannon, however, cited documents uncovered by a privilege review team that indicated seized materials included medical documents, correspondence related to taxes, and accounting information. Oh, my. Well, here's the salient quote 
She said the government acknowledged seizing some personal effects without evidentiary value, with upwards of 500 pages of material potentially subject to attorney-client privilege. Well, they're not supposed to be able to do that, are they? She cited a detailed property inventory where the government said agents seized approximately 11,000 documents and 1,800 other items from the office and storage room at Mar-a-Lago. Her ruling also cited the risk of government leaks. She wrote, in addition to being deprived of potentially significant personal documents, which alone creates a real harm, plaintiff faces an unquantifiable potential harm by way of improper disclosure of sensitive information to the public. The judge also showed a sensitivity to Trump's reputation should he be indicted or even just based on the search of his home. She wrote, as a function of plaintiff's former position as President of the United States, the stigma associated with the subject seizure is in a league of its own. A future indictment based to any degree on property that ought to be returned would result in reputational harm of a decidedly different order of magnitude. Wow. Judge Cannon said her order should not impede a classification review or intelligence assessment. The House Intelligence Committee last week requested a damage assessment about the documents taken from Mar-a-Lago. Well, of course they did. And Director of National Intelligence Avril Haines told the committee that she is working on a review. U.S. Representative Greg Stubbe, Republican Florida, a member of the House Judiciary Committee, said he believes the investigation is less about national security and more about keeping Trump off the presidential ballot in 2024. Congressman Stubbe said, well, it's definitely politically motivated. We had a politically motivated DOJ that for two years it was Russia, Russia, Russia and the Trump campaign conspiring with Russia. On Truth Social Monday, Trump warned that the United States will be reduced to third-world status unless someone with courage and guts fights back against the politicized DOJ and FBI. Trump said, remember, it takes courage and guts to fight a totally corrupt Department of Justice and the FBI. They are being pushed to do the wrong things by many evil and outside sources. Until impartiality, wisdom, fairness, and courage are shown by them, our country can never come back or recover. It will be reduced to being a third world nation. Trump also slammed the FBI raid during a massive rally in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, on Saturday telling the crowd that the search was a travesty of justice and warning that it could produce a backlash the likes of which nobody has ever seen. He said there can be no more vivid example of the very real threats from American freedom than just a few weeks ago you saw when we witnessed one of the most shocking abuses of power by any administration in American history. A telling video comparing the size of the crowds at Trump's 
and Biden's rallies last week in Wilkes-Barre had attracted 3.2 million views on Twitter as of Monday afternoon. Mohegan Sun Arena in Wilkes-Barre was at its maximum 10,000 capacity when Trump spoke on Saturday and thousands more reportedly watched outside the venue. On the other hand, Joe Biden spoke to a small audience in a high school gymnasium in the same city on Tuesday, very small audience, to promote his $37 billion Safer America plan. Now, you remember how Biden said he knew nothing about this? Remember that? Nope. DOJ, FBI, they did not consult the White House. They didn't consult me. I don't know a thing. Well, according to the judge's ruling here, it says, um, a little footnote, providing the FBI access to the records in question as requested by the incumbent president beginning as early as Thursday, May 12, 2022. Do you see that? Has anybody talked about that? Because to my mind, that's kind of a, kind of a big deal. Now, I don't have a chance to listen to much talk radio, to watch much news on cable TV, because... I'm doing this all the time. You know? No, I'm not actually doing the show, but I'm um, at least doing show prep for the show. Let me give it to you in context. In the judge's ruling. On April 12th, 2022... The National Archives notified plaintiff that it intended to provide the 15 boxes to the FBI the following week. Plaintiff then requested an extension on the contemplated delivery so that he could determine the existence of any privileged material, you know, like attorney-client privilege, that kind of stuff, right? The White House Counsel's Office granted the request on May 10th, 2022, National Archives informed plaintiff that it would proceed with providing the FBI access to the records in question as requested by the incumbent president beginning as early as Thursday, May 12, 2022. Now, I hope you're sitting down because I, I, I didn't mean to shock you by alluding to the fact, because I don't call him president, that resident, not president, resident Biden would lie to you, but he did. Government's filing states that the FBI did not obtain access to the 15 boxes until approximately May 18th. Requested by the incumbent president. Wow, so um, are you shocked that Joe Biden? I mean, you know, we are... 
commanded by God's word not to swear by things. Just to let your yes be yes and your no be no. Well, that's not good enough for Biden. I don't think he's ever read the Bible. Um, he says, I give you my word as a Biden. Well, that's worth something, isn't it? Yeah, there's a whole article here about it. Uh, New York Post. Biden called in FBI to look at first haul of classified Trump documents. Got it? Now, this article came out August 23rd. I missed it. But the judge didn't miss it. You know? The judge put in his ruling. So, anyway, thought that might be of interest to you. Now, coming up, coming up, it is audio overload on Soundbite Tuesday. And, you know, if you're the kind of person that is puzzled, that is perplexed about how in the world and why in the world the liberals do what they do, how they get away with everything, how they seem to lie all the time. And I'm I'm not talking here necessarily about Democrat voters, because most of them don't have any idea what the people they vote for are doing anyway. I'm talking about the actual politicians, the actual people in office. Trying to wrap your mind around that, I will help you. It's audio overload on Soundbite Tuesday coming up. First of all, let me just say once again, thank you to our advertisers. Our advertisers are our friends, and they make it possible for us to do the Doc Washburn Show five times a week. Can't thank you guys enough. If you try to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage, you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website that puts you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options on it. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions and then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom 
the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live, RedRiverYourWay.com. You will be glad you did. All right, let me ask you this. Does your financial advisor take the time to listen and get to know you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situations change? When you work with Jonathan Presswood, he focuses on what's important to you. He uses an established process to help you achieve your unique goals, whether that's preparing for retirement, making your money last in retirement, planning your estate or inheritance, preparing for the unexpected, or anything else. Jonathan Presswood can help. Now, what should you do if you leave a job and have a 401k or other retirement plan? Or if you're getting close to retirement or already in retirement, call my friend Jonathan Presswood today. He'll help you create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And he'll partner together with you to help your strategy stay on track no matter what life throws at you. Listen, we can all dream of having a perfect retirement, but how many of us will actually experience it? No matter where you are today, Jonathan Presswood is offering a free retirement analysis to figure out where you'd like to be and what it will take to get you there, and there's no obligation. Contact Jonathan Presswood, a financial advisor with Edward Jones Investments, today at 501-303-4844. Again, that's 501-303-4844. Don't wait. Call Jonathan Presswood today at 501-303-4844. Now, if you're like me, you can't remember phone numbers, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com. Just click on the link to Jonathan Presswood at Edward Jones. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Thank you again to Jonathan Presswood, our friend over at Edward Jones Financial Advisors, and Mitch Ward, our friend at RedRiverYourWay.com. We appreciate you guys for being with us and making it possible for us to do the Doc Washburn Show five times a week. All right, now, if... If you're one of those people who, A, just doesn't understand why liberal politicians stand against everything we believe in and are trying to drive this country off an economic and moral cliff, then this is a show for you. Now remember, the folks on Nancy Pelosi's January 6th committee keep telling us if we question the last presidential election, we are traitors. Dementia Joe Biden himself keeps saying if we support Trump, we're a danger to our democracy. Would it shock you if I told you they have rejected the results of elections they don't like over and over and over the same people who condemn us? Okay. There's a woman named Carrie Lake, K-A-R-I. She is the Republican nominee for governor of Arizona. And she was asked about election deniers, Republican election deniers, from a typical liberal politician, I'm sorry, journalist. Did I almost say politician? May as well be. She was asked about Republican election deniers by a liberal journalist on the campaign trail, and um, she smoked him. It went like this. 
By the way, that audio sound awful. I apologize. Her audio is going to sound a lot better. How does that divide the country? Questioning, questioning an election where there are obviously problems is, is dividing the country? Since when can we not ask questions about our elections? As a journalist for many years, I was a journalist after 2016, and I distinctly remember many people just like you asking a lot of questions about the 2016 election results. And nobody tried to shut you up. Nobody tried to tell Hillary Clinton to shut up. Nobody tried to tell Kamala Harris when she was questioning the legitimacy of these electronic voting machines to stop. We have freedom of speech in this country, and you of all people should appreciate that. You're supposedly a journalist. You should appreciate that. So I don't see how asking questions about an election where there are many problems is dividing a country. What I do see dividing a country is shutting people down, censoring people, canceling people, trying to destroy people's lives when they do ask questions. Last I heard, we still have the Constitution. It's hanging by a thread, thanks to some of the work some people in this area have done. But we're going to save that Constitution, and we're going to bring back freedom of speech. And maybe someday you'll thank us for that. Wow. That's how you deal with these people. Carrie Lake, Republican nominee for governor of Arizona, just nailed it. All right, now, um, the thing about Democrat election deniers is that they are trying to plant doubts in the minds of the sheep who support them. The great Rush Limbaugh once said, if Democrats running for office just told the truth about what they really believe and what they really want to do, they would never win elections. They have to lie. They have to use euphemisms. I was about to say, do you really think Biden would have won in 2020 if he had promised he was going to make inflation go through the roof at a 40-year high? But, of course, sleep deprivation kicking in. He didn't win in 2020. They stole it. Anyway, I have a bunch of sound bites. Thank you to Republican Rapid Response over on Twitter. Uh, They had a long string of sound bites, and I chopped each one of them up. Here's Hillary. You can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. And you can be subpoenaed to appear before a sham January 6th committee in the U.S. House. And if you refuse the subpoena, you could be arrested and brought up on charges for refusing the subpoena. And if you deny that Joe Biden won the last election, you're an enemy to democracy. But Hillary still, 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 and she's not the only one, says that Trump stole 2016. So you can do that. That's not a problem. But if you say Biden stole 2020, 
That's a problem, right? Okay, now we have a clip of Kamala Harris on a New York City morning radio show, a guy who calls himself Charlemagne the God. Not T-H-E God, but T-H-A God. Because he's cool and hip, you know. So there's only one God, and it's not Charlemagne. So I uh, I tend to call him Charlemagne the DJ. You know what I'm saying? Now, his mama calls him Leonard Larry McKelvey. He's born in Charleston, South Carolina, somehow wound up in uh wound up in New York City. So so maybe I should just call him Leonard Larry if he ever if I ever have a clip from him again. Anyway, he's the guy that Joe Biden said if you have, if you can't make up your mind whether you support me or support Trump, then you ain't black. And he didn't push back. He didn't say that's racist because, you know, he's down for the struggle. See, if a Democrat tells him something racist to his face, an old white Democrat who used to brag about getting along with segregationists back in the old days, 50 years ago in the U.S. Senate, Charlemagne the God, Leonard Larry the DJ, he ain't going to push back, man. It's like the old South, you know. I thought we'd move past that, but no. No, he'll let that old white man be racist right to his face. If you can't decide between me and Trump, then you ain't black. Anyway. So he's got Kamala Harris on, and uh, here's the party line. How can you win with Russian interference, though? That's, That's a real what thing. I'm scared about no, in 2020. But, but rightly. Because right. I think he's an illegitimate president that didn't really win. So how do you, you know, fight against that in 2020? You are absolutely right. Hey, Leonard. Hey, Larry. I got your Russian interference right here. Come on, give me a break. Give me a break. He's probably stupid enough to believe that, though. And she's probably stupid enough to believe it. No, look. Uh, Biden has dementia. Kamala just isn't that bright. I know, I know, I know. Biden's never was that bright either. I get it. But, um, see, because they know what they know and they don't know what they don't know. They have no idea that it's all been debunked. No idea. Okay, so here was Biden on the stump a few years back agreeing with uh, a a woman in the audience about denying the results of an election. He's an illegitimate president in my mind. Would you be my vice presidential candidate? (laughs) Folks, look, I absolutely agree. She says Trump's an illegitimate president because, you know, She's a lib, and she only knows libs. You can't imagine that more people voted for Trump than 
Vote for Hillary. And, you know, doesn't understand the Electoral College anyway. It's not about how many people vote for you. It's about how many electors you get, how many states you win. You know what I'm saying? Jimmy Carter is not a stupid man. So there's no way he actually believes this. Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. He lost the election, and he was put in office because the Russians interfered. Man. You know, there's a commandment, the ninth commandment. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And, and, and Jimmy Carter, a guy who teaches Sunday school, I would think it probably at some point read the Ten Commandments. Now we've all broken them. I'm not saying I'm any better than Jimmy Carter. We are all sinners in a fallen world in need of God's grace and forgiveness. But it's one thing to say, Lord, I believe. Please help my unbelief. You know? It's one thing to say, I'm a sinner standing in the need of God's grace and forgiveness. It's another thing to say, huh, let me see if I can tell this lie and get away with it. Two whole different things. All right, we got uh, we got Hillary again. Here goes nothing. Trump knows he's an illegitimate president. She is a masterful liar. You know, masterful. A lot of these people project their own wrongdoing onto other folks. Remember Jerry Nadler? Didn't he play the penguin in one of those uh, Batman movies? The president-elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate. Now, if you say that about Biden, you're a threat to democracy. You're a traitor. That's what they say, but they can say it about Trump and even George W. Bush. All they want. And nobody calls them on it. Nobody holds them accountable. It's just, uh, it's just all good, man. It's just all good. John Lewis, the late John Lewis, who uh, marched in Selma with Martin Luther King Jr. and got beat up and eventually became a U.S. representative out of Atlanta. I don't see this president-elect as a legitimate president. So in 2016, he was saying he did not see the president-elect, Trump, as a legitimate president. That's because he didn't have to. He used to get in his own way and basically writing the rules, so, you know. Chuck Todd. Meet the press. Chuck Todd with uh, Diane Feinstein. Geriatric United States Senator from California. You said you believe that Russia's interference altered the outcome of the election. I do. That's the same Dianne Feinstein who had a Chinese spy as her driver for 20 years. I don't know. Maybe. Just maybe. She's playing for the other team. 
Of course she's going to say that. How many people do you think in our Congress, the Senate or the House, either side, are totally compromised, blackmailed, whatever, by our enemies? Because if you have a Chinese spy as your driver for 20 years, I'm thinking it would be reasonable to assume that you may be compromised. I got a friend who is a former Republican congressman, and he told me what a nice person, Marsha Fudge, who was at the time a Democrat congresswoman out of Ohio, uh, even though they disagree on a lot of things politically, she was a real nice person. She is now uh, Biden's Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. And guess what she thinks about denying elections? We have a president who, if in fact it is proven, uh, has been assisted by the Russians and may in fact not be a legitimate president. Oh, if it's proven. See, all the rest of them just take it as an article of faith. If it's proven, that's fascinating. May not be a legitimate president. Um, it has been proven that the current one stole it, so, you know. You want to talk about legitimacy? I mean, while you're at it. But see... It goes back to the Joseph Goebbels of Nazi Germany. If you're going to tell a lie, tell a big one. And that's what they do. Hillary. The one thing that Trump is fearful of uh, when it comes to his being president is that finally we will see how illegitimate his victory actually was. You know, the irony here is that apparently the documents the feds wanted were the ones showing how illegitimate the seven-year-long attempt at a coup was, starting with Crossfire Hurricane, before, before he was even elected. Because he ordered all that stuff declassified. And um, they don't want all that stuff coming out. Trust me, they don't want all that stuff coming out. Just so you know. Anyway, um, now we have a uh, a medley here. Jamie Raskin, who is on the January 6th committee, talking about how horrendous it is for people to um, deny election results, you know, when it comes to 2020. Jamie Raskin... New York, Sheila Jackson Lee, Texas, and Barbara Lee, California. Liberal Democrats all. I have an objection. I object to the 15 votes from the state of North Carolina. I object because people are horrified. Now, they were doing that the day that they're supposed to count um, electors. I can't remember if it was 2000 or 2004. But when Republicans did it in 2020... Oh, well, they're traitors. No, no, Democrats can do it. It's okay. Because what is good for the goose is not good for the gander, as far as they're concerned. 
Here's Hillary again. He's an illegitimate president. Oh, he is. An illegitimate president, huh? Um, who would be a legitimate president then, Hillary? Uh, your husband, the rapist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said it, and I'll say it again for a quarter. I met Juanita Broderick. I know what Bill Clinton's capable of. Yeah, I, I don't think he was the most legitimate president in the world, Hillary. Should be in prison for the rest of his life for what he did to Juanita Broderick and who knows how many other women. But Hillary doesn't care. She's got her eye, eyes on the prize. Debbie Wasserman Schultz. What, what did uh, Rush used to call her? Debbie Blabbermouth Schultz. Do you believe Trump is a legitimate president? What I believe is that there's no question that the outcome of this election was affected by the Russian interference. Former head of the Democrat National Committee and uh, congresswoman from South Florida. You know... It's popular for Republicans to say that um, we believe that Democrats have bad ideas, whereas the Democrats believe we're evil. It's not that we have bad ideas. We're evil personally, evil people. Uh, that is a difficult position to maintain that they just have bad ideas. They're not evil people because all these lies they keep telling. Congressman Ted Lieu, California. There absolutely is a cloud of illegitimacy. Over the Trump presidency, really? Really? The cloud of illegitimacy is over Ted Lieu, but that's a whole other ballgame. Congressman Raul Grialva, Democrat congressman, down on the border, Texas. So that legitimacy is in question, yes. The legitimacy is in question. But if you say it about Biden, then you're a traitor. You say it about Trump, even say about W, but not Biden. We go back to the Penguin, Jerry Nadler. So that was a very tainted election, and, and in that sense, it's, it's illegitimate. That's uh, sounds like treason, man. You can't do that, Jerry. Uh, you remember on the impeachment, it was time for the closing argument, and um, Adam Schiff wanted to give it, and then Jerry Nadler is moving as fast as his stubby little legs will take him up to the podium, and you hear Schiff saying, Jerry, Jerry! And Nadler ignores him because he wants to give the closing statement. That was hilarious. That that was must-see TV. I'm just saying. Okay. Hillary wants some more of the limelight. Why do you think the president is going to such great lengths to essentially prove that he beat you? Because he knows he didn't. He knows he's an illegitimate president. Hillary would rather climb a tree and tell a lie than uh, stand on the ground and tell the truth. 
Why do you think the president is going to such great lengths to prove that he actually won the thing? Because he knows he didn't. No, no. No, you missed the question, Hillary. Going to great lengths to prove that he did. That he did. Yeah, I mean, Hillary is one of those, I'm rubber your glue, what bounces off me, you know. Um, I wish more Republicans could learn to reject the narrative, you know. Hillary knows how to reject the narrative of anybody who's asking her something that she doesn't like. Republicans, especially Republican office holders, need to learn how to do the same thing. Okay, you know who Corinne Jean-Pierre is? She's the White House press secretary, name only. Only reason she has the job is she checked off uh, three boxes, black, lesbian, and immigrant. She is hopelessly over her head. But the great Tucker Carlson over Fox News read from a Corinne Jean-Pierre tweet. She tweeted this out in December of 2016, you know, a few weeks after Trump won the election. Stolen emails, stolen drone, stolen drone, stolen election. Welcome to the world of unprecedented Trump. I guess that's another box that Karine Jean-Pierre checked off election denier when it comes to Republicans. Jimmy Carter again from Plains, Georgia. So do you believe President Trump is an illegitimate president? Based on what I just said, which I can't retract. (laughs) Based on what I just said, which I can't retract. Everybody's like, oh, you're so funny, Jimmy. Jerry the Penguin Nadler. In the Russian attempt to have, to have the election. And frankly, the FBI is uh, weighing in on the election. I think make the, make, makes this election illegitimate. It didn't stick, did it, Jerry? Hillary. There was a widespread understanding that this election was not on the level. We still don't know what really happened, Isaac. I mean, there's just a lot that I think will be revealed. History will discover. But you don't win by three million votes and have all this other shenanigan stuff going on and not come away with an idea like, whoa, something's not right here. Hillary, you didn't win by three million votes. Because... The popular vote is not how you win. The electoral college is how you win. So no one ever wins the popular vote because that's not how you win. You know, it's like saying, I don't know, are you a sports fan? You like baseball? Well, you know, at the end of the baseball season, you have division playoffs, and then whoever wins each league 
will those two teams face each other in the World Series? And it's best out of seven. Whoever wins four games first is the world champion of Major League Baseball, okay? So you might win four games in a row, and then, you know, you're the champion. Or it might take seven games for you to win the four games. You win four, and your opponent wins three, okay? But either way, whoever wins the four games first of the World Series is the world champion. That's how the game is played. Now, how it's not played is whoever gets the most runs in the seven games. Because it's crazy, the hypothetical, okay? But what if you win four games and each of the four games is a pitcher's duel, pitching duel, and you win one to nothing in four games? Same score in each of of your four wins. One to nothing, all right? And the three games that your opponent wins... They just clobber you. They win 10 to nothing. So you win games 1, 3, 4, and 7, 1 to nothing each game. They win games 2, 5, and 6, 10 to nothing. Right? So they score 30 runs. You only score four runs. You know what? It doesn't matter because you won four games and they only won three, and that means you won. Hillary, who had three million more votes than Trump did because of because of California. If you take California out of the equation, she and Trump were about even on the votes that were counted. She's trying to act like that means she should have won because she knows that a lot of Democrats don't have any idea how the Electoral College works. For that matter, a lot of Democrats don't even know there is an Electoral College, right? So she's trying to plant doubt by saying you can't just win by three million and go, okay, why didn't I win? You didn't win by three million because nobody ever wins the popular vote. That's not how elections are decided in the United States of America, and she knows that good and well. Her husband never got a majority of the popular vote, right? Um. Perot, H. Ross Perot was in there. He kept Bill Clinton and George H.W. Bush, either one from getting majority of the popular vote. In 92 and in 96, he kept Bob Dole 
and Bill Clinton, either one from getting a majority of the popular vote. Something that really rankled Bill Clinton. He really wanted to get over 50%. You know, it's a beauty contest, prestige, whatever. But he didn't. So Hillary wants us to think that something's wrong. Something is wrong because of the 3 million extra she got in California, that meant she should have been elected president. Well, she knows that doesn't make any sense, right? But she also knows that her uh, constituents, the people who like her, most of them aren't that bright. So, you know, she'll say it and try to get away with it. Anyway, uh, more, more sound bites from more Democrat election deniers coming up. First of all, thank you so much again for our advertisers. They are our friends, and they make it possible for us to do the Doc Washman Show five times a week. Hey, I'd like to help you with some health issues. Do you have migraines, neck pain, back pain, vertigo, acid reflux, eczema, problems with your blood sugar, maybe even hay fever? Okay, let's do a little test. Look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself. Are you tilting your head to the left or the right instead of sitting up or standing up straight? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I got rid of my migraines, neck pain, and hay fever. Let me explain to you how it works because it's the best-kept secret in American healthcare. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system, reproductive system, circulatory system, even digestive system. And yes, it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, acid reflux, eczema, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar, do yourself a favor. If you're in Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted, because you probably do. If you're outside central Arkansas, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, and click on Find a Doctor Near You. And I sure hope you can. All right, thank you so much again to my advertisers, Doctors J.R. Crabtree and his wife, Dr. Tanya Crabtree. They are not only advertisers for us. They're my friends and my doctors. Appreciate you guys. Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, turnmypoweron.com. Check them out. You'll be glad you did. Back to more Democrat election deniers. Now, they claim if we deny Biden's election, we're traitors. We're, we're threats to our democracy. Well, they can't seem to stop. Again, Debbie Blabbermouth Schultz. The outcome of the election was affected by their interference, and now we need to know to what degree, uh, if any, the Trump campaign was actually in collusion with the uh, Russia. Total lies. Total lies, but they don't care. Hillary. 
he knows he's an illegitimate president. So of course he's obsessed with me. And I believe that it's a guilty conscience. You're the one that, that is obsessed, and I don't think you understand the concept of a guilty conscience. Those are just words she has heard and used. I think she's way past that. There's a guy named Terry McAuliffe, used to be the chairman of the Democrat National Committee, used to be the governor of Virginia. He ran for governor of Virginia again last year and lost to Glenn Youngkin when McAuliffe famously said he did not think parents should be able to tell public schools what they can and cannot teach the children. The great Rush Limbaugh used to call Terry McAuliffe the Clinton's bag man. We actually won the last presidential election, folks. They stole the last presidential He knows it's not true, but the thing about con artists, I've mentioned this before, Con artists believe in never giving up the con. Joe Biden talking about Al Gore and how he did in 2000. If Al Gore won that election, I think he won it anyway. If Al Gore won that election, I think he won it anyway. Al Gore himself. Actually, I think I carried Florida. Actually, I think I carried Florida. No, you don't. Hillary. Bush versus Gore. A court took away a presidency. No, they didn't. They stopped the cheating. Again, Clinton's bag man, Terry McAuliffe. If all the votes were counted in Florida, that Al Gore would be president today and George Bush would be backing off. They, uh, they just wanted to be given enough time to cheat. It wasn't even about counting all the votes. But you know that. Now, Corinne Brown. Corinne Brown was a congresswoman, Democrat congresswoman from um, Jacksonville, Florida. And... Did she go to prison? Felony fraud conviction. Yeah. Yeah, she uh she went to prison. But in the meantime, as a congresswoman, she had a few things to say. I come from Florida where you and others participated in what I call the United States coup d'etat. Coup d'etat. What did you participate in, Corinne? No, we we don't have all day. Jimmy Carter. There's no doubt in my mind that Al Gore was elected president. Now, Jimmy, 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 wait a minute. Because I remember when you ran for president in 1976 and my buddies and I in college went to downtown Charlotte, North Carolina to see your little campaign rally and you shook hands with me. And I remember you said... I'll never lie to you. But then you just did. Never's a long time, Jimmy. Maxine Waters. Crazy congresswoman. 
out of California. I rise to object to the fraudulent 25 Florida electoral votes. Hmm. 2000. Now, see, if Republicans did that in 2020, they're, they're, they're threats to our democracy. They're, they're, they're traitors. Democrats do it in 2000. It's all good, right? Alcee Hastings. Oh, boy. There's a guy who should have gone to jail for a long time. Alcee Hastings was a federal judge. And in 1981, after a sting operation by the FBI against attorney and alleged co-conspirator William Borders, Alcee Hastings was charged with conspiracy to solicit a $150,000 bribe, which would be like almost a half a million in this day and age, in exchange for a lenient sentence for Frank and Thomas Romano on 21 counts of racketeering and the return for their seized assets. In his 1983 trial, Alcee Hastings was acquitted by a jury after Borders refused to testify in court Despite having been convicted in his own trial in 1982, Borders went to jail for accepting the first $25,000 payment, was later given a full pardon by President Bill Clinton on his last day in office. I bet he was. 1986, the Democrat-controlled U.S. House of Representatives took up the case. They impeached Democrat federal judge Alcee Hastings for bribery and perjury by a vote of 413 to 3. Alcee Hastings was then convicted by the U.S. Senate, which at the time was also controlled by Democrats. Hastings became the sixth federal judge in the history of the United States to be removed from office by the United States Senate. The Senate, in two hours of roll calls, voted on 11 of the 17 articles of impeachment and convicted Hastings of eight of the 11 articles. The vote on the first article was 64, uh, 69 for and 26 opposed. See, if you get 67 votes to impeach, whether you're a judge or president or whatever, you're, you're done, you're toast, you're gone. That's why they've never convicted a president. Anyway, he was removed from the federal bench, but the Senate did not preclude him from holding office in the future. Well, that was a Big mistake. Because he ran for U.S. House a few years later and has been in there ever since, right? Sexual harassment allegations, all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. Yeah, he was uh, in the U.S. House of Representatives from uh, January 1993 to April of 2021. Wow. How about that? Anyway, Alcee Hastings 
got all worked up about a presidential election. I mean, this guy's got a lot of gall. He's got a lot of nerve. I mean, almost everybody in the U.S. House voted against him on impeachment for the crimes he committed. And enough people in the U.S. Senate, and again, the House and the Senate were controlled by Democrats at the time. Enough people in the U.S. Senate voted against him that he was he was not only impeached, he was convicted. He was thrown off the federal bench. And a few years later, he's like, I think I'll just run for U.S. House and be one of them. Okay. And his constituents were dumb enough to elect him. Anyway, here he is. I must object because of the overwhelming evidence of official misconduct, deliberate fraud, the chair, and an attempt the to must rely on Now, ironically enough, that's Al Gore trying to interrupt him because, see, just like Mike Pence oversaw the um, the counting of the electors in 2020 because he was vice president, Al Gore, who tried to steal the election from George W. Bush for 36 days in 2000, Al Gore was the vice president overseeing that thing. Know what I'm saying? Anyway, oh, I, I got it. I got I got some comments here from people listening to the live stream at about uh, seven a.m. Eastern, six a.m. Central. My buddy Chad says. Your listeners are thankful for what you do. I was unable to listen to you for a few days because I was doing field training with my unit. But I was able to binge listen to your episodes all the way from last Wednesday. It was mind-blowing stuff, and I salute you, Doc. I truly believe that you are doing God's work getting the message out. Well, Chad, God bless you. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you. And he also had something to say about Carrie Lake running for governor as a Republican. In Arizona, he says, Carrie Lake isn't even a conservative by definition. The far left pushed her to the right. The media hates her because she stands for telling the truth. Also, Hillary, his nickname for Hillary, isn't the only presidential candidate screaming an election was stolen. I'm old enough to remember Al Gore doing the same in 2000. Yeah, we're finally getting to the Al Gore part, Chad. <laughs> Excellent. Good point. Good point. All right. Uh, let's see. Sheila Jackson Lee. It is signed by myself on behalf of my diverse constituents and the millions of Americans who have been disenfranchised by Florida's inaccurate vote count. There's nothing that inaccurate about it. See, I don't know if you're um, a student of history, but in 1980, The networks called the uh, election for Reagan over Carter before polls had even closed in California. And, you know, some Democrats are upset about that. But it's obvious, you know, that Reagan was going to smoke Carter pretty early in the evening. But anyway, the networks have said, okay, well, we're not going to do that again. So 20 years later, the networks had a fit of amnesia. And they called Florida 
before the Florida counties in the central time zone. Um, before the polls were closed in the Florida counties in the central time zone. Now, to this day, a lot of people are like, what do you mean central time zone? Well, so here's how it works. Most of Florida is in the eastern time zone. But you know how Georgia is in the eastern time zone and Alabama is in the central time zone? Uh, Yeah, okay. Well, that time zone line between Georgia and Alabama goes right down and cuts off the panhandle of Florida. So there are actually 10 counties in Florida, the westernmost 10 counties in Florida, including Pensacola, Milton, Navarre, Fort Walton Beach, Crestview, Destin, all the way over, including Panama City. See, people who aren't familiar with Florida very much, they get Panama City and Pensacola confused. They're they're over two hours away from each other. Ten counties in Florida are central time zone. So the networks called the state of Florida for Al Gore while polling places were still open in those 10 counties. And people testified, right, that they were on their way to vote. And they heard on the radio news, whether in Panama City, Florida, Fort Walton Beach, Pensacola, well, Florida's been called for Al Gore, so okay, we may as well go home. No point in going to vote. They called it for Al Gore. Got it? If the networks hadn't done that, there wouldn't have been the 36 days of Al Gore trying to steal it because the panhandle is overwhelmingly conservative and would have been a much bigger victory for George W. Bush. He he won by just a little over, little over 500 votes in the whole state with millions of votes cast. But the networks tried to uh, tip it for Al Gore. Anyway, a little uh, history lesson there for you. I was in Florida at the time. Sheila Jackson Lee of Houston, Texas. It is signed by myself on behalf of my... Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I apologize. I already played that one. I don't want to put you through that again. Barbara Lee of California. The Supreme the, uh, Court, not the people of the United States, decided this election. Again, the irony there is that Al Gore, who lost the election, is trying to get her to hush. Let's come on. Let's 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 move through this. I gave up. William Jefferson Clinton. Speaking to a Democratic group in Chicago Tuesday, he made it clear he thinks Al Gore was the winner. By the time it was over. Our candidate had won the popular vote, and the only way they could win the election was to stop the voting in Florida. He knows that's not true. But has it ever stopped Bubba from saying something because he knows it's not true? That's number one. Number two, again, Bill, nobody has ever won the popular election, all right, because that's not how you win. You got to win the Electoral College. And they didn't stop the voting in Florida. They stopped the endless recounts. 
Interesting, the Democrats only wanted to uh, do recounts in heavily Democrat counties in South Florida where they thought they might have a chance. I, I don't know if you remember that part or not. It's been 22 years. Clinton bagman, Terry McAuliffe. Catherine Harris, Jeb Bush, Jim Baker, and the Supreme Court hadn't tampered with the results. Al Gore would be president. Now, he knows that's not true. Jeb Bush recused himself from the whole thing. Because, you know, his brother was running for, uh, for office. Catherine Harris was a secretary of state. Most of her staff was Democrat, and she followed their advice. But again, it's all about the money. It's all about the power. you got to keep your people worked up, right? Debbie Blabbermouth Schultz. Yeah, yeah, Supreme Court elected the president. Yeah. Al Gore won the state of Florida in 2000, although not the presidency. It's not true. She knows it's not true, but it doesn't matter. The truth doesn't matter to these people. They don't believe in the truth. McAuliffe was on Meet the Press with the late, great Tim Russert. The Supreme Court tampered? That's a large chart. The Supreme Court stopped the counting of the votes, and if they let the count go on, they'll go where got the necessary votes. Give me a break. Once again, convicted felon and former congresswoman Corrine Brown, Jacksonville, Florida. The Supreme Court selected George W. Bush as the president. He was not elected. Oh, I see. And you know what? Folk believe this because they don't know any better. Yeah, I mean, they just believe what they're told. It would not cross their mind that these people who come and campaign at their churches every two years or four years or whatever are lying to them. Wouldn't cross their mind. Eddie Bernice Johnson has been congresswoman from Texas 30th District in the Dallas area. Since that district was created in 1992, she's 86 years old. Here's what she said. There is overwhelming evidence that George W. Bush did not win this election. Ball face lie, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Barack Hussein Obama himself. What I observed uh, as a voter, as a citizen of Illinois, uh, four years ago, were troubling evidence of the fact that not every vote was being counted. Yeah, in Chicago, they believe dead folk deserve to be uh, represented too. You ever heard the old joke about the guy who lives in Chicago said, I was really upset when my uh, dad started voting Democrat. Really? What? Uh, when did he start voting Democrat? Oh, uh, right after we laid him to rest. He voted. See, he voted Republican all his life, but then once he uh, once he took up residence in Forest Lawn, somehow another he uh, started voting Democrat. You know, so that's the. Uh, 
Ah, yes, Cook County, Illinois, Chicago. Vote early and vote often. It is widely believed that John F. Kennedy didn't really beat Richard Nixon in 1960, but um, he got some help from Mayor Daley, Cook County, Illinois. So do I believe we should get rid of the voting machine? Yes, I do. Do I believe that that's going to be the end-all and be-all? No, I don't. They didn't have voting machines in Chicago in 1960, but anyway, paper ballots would be better than what we got now. Jim, Jim Carter, Plains, Georgia. Don't think that George W. Bush won the election uh, in 2000 against Al Gore because I, I think it, he probably lost Florida and also that nationwide. No, you don't. I'm just so disappointed with Jimmy because he promised he would never lie to us. Terry McAuliffe, again, I meet the press. If you invite me back on this show in about eight weeks, I think you're going to learn that Al Gore actually did get all the votes there. Um, the Miami, um, what is the name of the Miami, uh, newspapers, Miami Herald, they did a, um, in-depth investigation of the 2000 election. Yeah, Miami Herald, that's it. A number of different Press organizations did in-depth investigations. The hanging chads and all that stuff. And every last one of them said George W. Bush won. All these liberal press organizations, liberal newspapers, they all said George W. Bush won. But see, that makes no difference to Democrat politicians. Jamie Raskin again. The guy on the January 6th committee saying that you're no good. You're no patriot if you challenge the 2020 presidential election. The court has been thwarting formation of the popular will. The most spectacular example being Bush versus Gore, where the majority by a 5-4 vote enjoined the counting of more than 100,000 ballots in Florida and essentially gave America its first court-appointed president. They lie with impunity, don't they? I don't think they just have bad ideas. I think they're bad people. The Reverend uh, Jesse Jackson. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. McAuliffe, the bag man again. I think in 2000, everybody thought, well, he did win the election. No, we didn't think that. Maybe everybody uh, you hang out with, but not real Americans. Convicted felon, Corinne Brown. After the election, when you stole the election, you came back here and said, get over it. No, we're not going to get over it. Uh, Corinne, I think you got a lot of other stuff to get over. McAuliffe again. You know it. I know it. They know it. We won that election. The um, the message discipline is just amazing. Again, Goebbels, tell the big lie over and over and over again and accuse your opponents of being liars. Pelosi. Constantly shifting vote tallies in Ohio. 
and malfunctioning electronic machines, which may not have paper receipts, have led to additional loss of confidence by the public. Really? Now, this would have been after the 2004 George W. Bush versus John Kerry election. And that was before Nancy was Speaker. She was House Minority Leader at the time. But um, no, she's, she's been in the U.S. House since 1987. That's a long time. But she was not yet Speaker when she was complaining about election machines. Oh, I don't think you're supposed to be able to get away with that now, are you? Jerry the Penguin Nadler. The right to vote has been stolen from qualified voters. No, it hasn't. See, these people are going to tell you that requiring some sort of uh, picture ID to vote is racist. So Nelson Mandela, South Africa, was racist for... What, requiring picture ID? Make it make sense. Because it doesn't. By any stretch of the imagination, it does not make sense. Barbara Lee. Barbara Lee of California. In 2004, the democratic process was thwarted. See, every time a Republican would win... They would say it wasn't legit. Sherrod Brown, U.S. Senator, Ohio. The 2004 presidential election in Ohio was riddled with unnecessary problems. Unbelievable. Debbie Stabenow. U.S. Senator from Michigan. We're getting some different voices in here. Some machines malfunction, causing votes to be counted more than once, or not at all. We got Danny Davis. No, for those of you country music fans, this is not Danny Davis in Nashville Brass. This is the communist Danny Davis posing as a Democrat U.S. representative from Chicago. Based upon an inordinate number of allegations suggesting gross voting rights violations and misconduct, I join with my colleagues in objecting to counting the state of Ohio's electoral votes. It's electoral electoral votes, not electoral. But anyway, I guess you don't have to be a, a real stickler for grammar, pronunciation to be in the U.S. House. Ted Kennedy, remember him? He killed a girl one time. Uh, Mary Jo Kopechny. Great movie about that called Chappaquiddick. They could not find, apparently, an American actor to play Ted Kennedy. They had to get a guy from Australia. But um, some great performances. Ed Helms was in that one. Uh, Jim Gaffigan, 
great movie. If you have not seen Chappaquiddick, you need to. As in 2000, the votes of many who wanted to vote were not, in fact, counted. Yeah, they were. Many who wanted to vote. Oh, you mean like people who are here illegally or or what? Michael Isakoff, reporter for Newsweek for a long time, talking about uh, speaking with John Kerry. This last Friday night, I, I arranged to meet Senator Kerry at a fundraiser to give him a copy of my book. He told me he now thinks the election was stolen. Oh, okay, sure. Uh, Bay Buchanan, Pat Buchanan's sister, she was on CNN, she was on MSNBC, you know, kind of like they have a token conservative. The wife of John Kerry said she has lingering doubts about the legitimacy of the election. Her theory goes like this. Two brothers, she calls hard right Republicans, own 80% of voting machines in the U.S. Therefore, it would be easy to hack into the mother machines that control the electronic voting. Oh, I see. Stephanie Tubbs was a U.S. congresswoman from uh, Ohio. There were numerous irregularities in Ohio, including large percentages of rejections of provisional balloting, problems with voting machines. Now, do you know why um, rejecting provisional ballots might be a legit thing? Because the people who filled out the provisional ballots weren't really eligible to vote. You know, Democrats said the uh, voter integrity bill they passed in Georgia was designed to uh, make it harder for black folk to vote. It was racist. Okay. And lo and behold, they had an election and they had much better voter turnout than they'd ever had before. But too bad because um, Ms. Abrams had complained, call it racist, and um, Stacey Abrams got uh, Major League Baseball to move the All-Star game away from Atlanta to Denver, Colorado, which had even stricter voting regulations. And wound up costing uh, small black-owned businesses in Atlanta millions of dollars they're expecting from the All-Star game. And all, all over a lie. It's all about the money, all about the power. Democrats will lie to you. They don't care. They do not care. Uh, speaking of not caring, let's tee up another comment from Hillary. As we look at our election system, I think it's fair to say that there are many legitimate questions about its accuracy, about its integrity. There are many legitimate questions about why James Comey said no reasonable prosecutor would prosecute her after he talked for 20 minutes about laws she broke. The laws she broke. I just want to make sure, in case you didn't hear me the first time. 
destroying material under subpoena, you know, smashing electronic devices with hammers, you know, um, sending classified material on by private server email that could easily be hacked. The FBI said easily be hacked, right? So they got all of our CIA spies in China killed. Yeah. Yeah, Hillary's got blood on her hands. She doesn't care. What difference at this point does it make, right? Jim Comey, no reasonable prosecutor would prosecute her. Wow. Pelosi. There are still legitimate concerns over the integrity of our elections. Wait, did Pelosi just use the word integrity? Well, what about Bernie Sanders? I agree with tens of billions of Americans who are very worried that when they cast the ballot on an electronic voting machine, that there is no paper trail to record that vote. He doesn't seem to be worried about it anymore now that uh, Democrats are winning elections. Now, there was a congressman out of Missouri, out of the St. Louis area, named Lacey Clay, and he was in there for a long time. And then recently, um, I think it's in 2020, uh, Cori Bush defeated him at a primary. She's like, yeah, he's not progressive enough. I am. But Lacey Clay, of course, had serious concerns about election integrity. The numerous irregularities that occurred with the electronic voting machines in Ohio on November the 2nd of last year point to an unresolved national crisis. Oh, I see. Okay. Sheila Jackson Lee of Houston, Texas. Again, she actually uh, thought that we sent... um, Astronauts to Mars and planted a flag up there. So she's not really all that bright. No, it was the moon, actually. We cannot declare that the election of November 2nd, 2004 was free and clear and transparent and real. There must be independent testing of the voting machines used in Ohio. Can you imagine uh, suggesting something like that in this day and age? What they would call you? MSNBC quoting former DNC chair Howard Dean. I'm not confident that the election in Ohio was fairly decided. We know that there was substantial voter suppression and the machines were not reliable. Oh, right. Pelosi again. The members of Congress who have brought this challenge are speaking up for their aggrieved constituents, many of whom may have been disenfranchised in this process. No, they weren't. You can't disenfranchise people that aren't eligible to vote. Now, Ted Kennedy has one here. Pay attention to this one. Because this is a big deal. Ted Kennedy, of all people, makes some points here. Check it out. 
treating today's electoral vote count in Congress as a meaningless ritual would be an insult to our democracy unless we registered our own protests against the obviously flawed voting process that took place in so many of our states. Now, why why doesn't that apply to uh, January 6, 2021? Huh? If he can say that about January 2005, why doesn't it apply January 6, 2021, we're, we're told that we're traitors for challenging the 2020 election. That's not what Teddy said. I mean, Ted Kennedy gives the game away. If it's good for the 04 election, why is it not good for the 2020 election? Now, in case you didn't catch it the first time around, I'll, I'll actually replay this. And it's only less than 14 seconds long. But again, if this works for 04, why doesn't it work for 2020? Treating today's electoral vote count in Congress as a meaningless ritual would be an insult to our democracy unless we registered our own protests against the obviously flawed voting process that took place in so many of our states. Yeah. Okay, fine. Dick Durbin. Voters who wish to cast a vote for president or vice president can't approach the polls with certainty that their vote will be counted. Well, not in Illinois, your state. Now, we got Harry Reid next. Remember Harry Reid got on the uh, Senate floor when Mitt Romney was running for president and said that he didn't pay his taxes? And then it came out after Obama beat Romney that Harry Reid had been lying and somebody asked him if he thought that was appropriate and Harry Reid just smiled and said, well, he lost, didn't he? Every once in a while they give the game away. All's fair in love and war and politics. So if you got to lie, that's what they believe in doing. And the whole Ninth Commandment on the stone tablets there, Moses brought down from Mount top of Mount Sinai from God, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. They couldn't care less. Harry Reid. One of the most significant problems in Ohio and in many other states was the lack of measures to ensure the integrity of electronic voting machines. So what changed? Because we sure don't trust the voting machines now, do we? Howard Dean, the guy that screamed in uh, Iowa primaries the night he came out, he was uh, came out in fourth place. In 2004, they caused Democratic voters in Ohio to wait for eight hours before they could cast their ballot. They turned the Department of Civil Rights and the Justice Department into the Voter Suppression Division with voter ID laws, voter purging, voter caging, voter intimidation. There aren't going to be any more election stealings. Voter purging. You know what that means? 
That means he is complaining that they would take the names of people who had died off the voter rolls. They don't like that. They want to continue counting the votes of people who have been dead for years. Right? And voter ID laws, you know the only reason they're against that is because they want to be able to steal elections. They don't have a problem with the bank asking for your ID, right? They don't have a problem with um, having to show your ID at uh, the unemployment office or show your ID to the lady in HR when you get a new job. They don't have a problem with you having to show your ID to the police officer who pulls you over because you got to buzz a taillight. That's not racist. But for some reason, showing your ID to vote, that's racist. Again, they would have you believe that Nelson Mandela himself was racist for insisting on voter ID for people to vote for president in the country of South Africa after they tore down the apartheid of the previous regime. Got it? So, I did local talk radio in Little Rock, Arkansas for a while. And the ACLU was all up in arms talking about how racist voter ID was and saying how difficult it was for uh, minorities, for black folks to get photo ID. Which, I mean, saying something like that is racist. But anyway, so we had this woman on, Rita Sklar, and uh, I guess I was still relatively new doing talk radio in Little Rock, Arkansas, and she was not familiar with my show. So she just thought I was going to be like a regular, like, journalist, like a reporter or something, instead of a talk show host, would ask difficult questions. And I said, Ms. Sklar, um, let me ask something. Now, we both know that when you get a job, you have to show some sort of photo ID to prove that you're eligible to work in the United States. And we both know that to be on unemployment, you got to show photo ID, right? So who are these people in the state of Arkansas that you're talking about that don't have a job but are not on unemployment. Because to have a job, you got to show them photo ID. And to get unemployment, you got to show them photo ID. Oh, man, she was not happy with me. She said, well, I didn't know I was going to get that kind of question. Well, you know. Welcome to the big leagues. <laughs> so... um I guess the only people would be people who are independently wealthy, and I think they probably have photo ID too. You know, if they don't have a job and they don't need unemployment, you know, they can't ever answer that question, can they? Stacy Abrams, 
who still insists that the Georgia gubernatorial election was stolen from her in 2018, and somebody said she's going to run again, and somebody else said, well, she's going to have to stop to catch her breath every few feet. But anyway, Stacey Abrams is like a rock star to Democrats. She was a state senator who happened to be the Democrat nominee and got beat fair and square by Brian Kemp for governor of Georgia in 2018. Everybody knows she got beat fair and square, except for Democrats who don't pay attention and like it that their politicians lie to them. And despite the final tally and the inauguration and the situation we find ourselves in, I do have one very affirmative statement to make. We won. Oh, she's lying, but it doesn't matter. Do these people ever get called on it? Kamala Harris. Without voter suppression, Stacey Abrams would be the governor of Georgia. Andrew Gillum is the governor of Florida. Andrew Gillum. Probably never going to run for office again because of, you know, the indiscretions. No, I don't I don't really want to get into the details on that because it was really bad. And you know, we have children who listen to the program sometimes. But if you know how to use an internet search machine, internet search engine, pardon me. And you look up Andrew Gillum, G-I-L-L-U-M. You can find out what I'm talking about. Thank God Ron DeSantis beat Andrew Gillum. That's all I'm going to say. Stacey Abrams is on The View. You refuse to concede and say that you lost. Do you stand by that decision today? Absolutely. The election was not fair. The process was not fair. Yeah, doggone it, they wouldn't let us steal it. It was just awful the way they treated us, purging dead folks' names off the voter rolls, making people prove that they're actually citizens of the United States, residents of the state of Georgia. How dare they? That wasn't fair. Sherrod Brown, U.S. Senator, Ohio. If Stacey Abrams doesn't win in Georgia, they stole it. It's clear. It's clear. Why do they want to get people all riled up with lies? Cory Booker, U.S. Senator, New Jersey. I think that Stacey Abrams' election is being stolen from her. No, you don't. No, you don't. Stacey Abrams on MSNBC. It was not a free and fair election. Yeah, it was. Amazing message discipline these people have, though, right? Tucker Carlson, again, quoting a tweet from Karine Jean-Pierre from 2018 before she became White House press secretary. Brian Kemp stole the gubernatorial election from Georgians and Stacey Abrams. Yeah, no wonder she got to be White House press secretary. Last but not least, Stacey Abrams 
herself on CNN. But will I say that this election was not tainted, was not a disinvestment and a disenfranchisement of thousands of voters? I will not say that. Okay. Okay. Because because it wasn't? That's why you're not going to say it? Because it wasn't? Like, I'm not all that bright. But maybe that's the reason. Yeah. Um, Okay, that having been said, before I forget, time to say, hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Don Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by Red River Your Way. RedRiverYourWay.com. Big old car dealership in the middle of the United States that believes in freedom. Including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice the way you want to. Online, have it delivered to you anywhere in the continental United States of America. Today's tweet of the day was a public service announcement that Joe Biden's son, Bo Biden, did back when he was Attorney General of the state of Delaware. Hi, my name is Bo Biden, Attorney General of the State of Delaware. I'm here to talk to you about something that's very important to me and to my office, senior abuse. For every one of these types of crimes that's reported to our office, five go unreported. But two million senior Americans are affected every year. And 80%, 80% of these crimes are committed by family members against their so-called loved ones. We need your help. Seniors need your help. So if you suspect that anyone is affected by any of these crimes, please contact our elder abuse hotline at 1-800-223-9074. Come on, man! Well, um, clearly his dad is subject to senior abuse. Right? I mean, you know what to do. You know what to do. All right, you've been listening to episode 232 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier the Tenth. And that's the way it is, Tuesday, September 6th, 2022.